1: Life, culture, and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision.
0: As we do on a Monday, we'd like to check in with the Australian Christian Lobby. Dan Flynn, Deputy Director of the ACL, back with us today. Hello, Dan. Welcome back to 2020.
1: So, Neil, great to be with you and your listeners.
0: Hey, Dan, issues of life in New South Wales and the Northern Territory this week. Let's start with New South Wales. Zoe's Law, tabled in the New South Wales Parliament last week. What's the update? Well,
1: Zoe's Law is named uh, after an unborn child of Brodie Donegan. um, And Brodie was driving a car when she was hit by a drunk driver on Christmas Day in 2009. And uh, this was criminal activity, obviously, that resulted in injuries to Brody and the loss of her unborn uh, baby, who she called Zoe. But when it came time to lay the charges, Neil, there was actually, you know, no charge that arose from the death of the unborn baby. And so there's been a campaign on, really since 2009, to have a, a piece of legislation that would recognise that uh, where a an unborn baby is killed during a crime, uh, that there is an additional punishment as a result of that. In other words, really, I think it's, you know, an acknowledgement of a life, as as we pro-lifers would say. And this is a very subtle dance for the New South Wales Parliament. Uh, they speak about when a fetus is killed during a crime, and as you would expect, there are exceptions for abortion. But nevertheless, Neil, this is a very important development, a very important pro-life development, and one that is feared by the pro-abortion advocates. It's feared because you can't help but logically know that the basis for this new legislation, Zoe's Law, is that an unborn baby is exactly that, an unborn baby. And if the baby is killed during a crime, there ought to be a separate penalty for that, uh, which which there is. So that's, that's a great development, and I think it... It tells us something about the way the New South Wales parliament is moving. This was, you know, Fred Nile tried to run this bill a few years ago. No success. Now we actually have the New South Wales government picking up this bill.
0: Good news. It is good news. And as you say, Dan, it's sort of common sense uh, for the pro-lifer who has a Christian foundation for understanding the value of that little life uh, in his or her mother's womb. Uh, But it does create a real challenge uh, for those who are on the opposite side. And I wonder if you've got a a gut feeling as to how you think this will go? Because, as you say, this is sort of good news because now the New South Wales government is actually backing this bill. So how do you think it'll go? I think it's got some real prospects.
1: <clears throat> you have a lot of pro-life leadership from Premier Dominic Perrottet, who demonstrated that last week in his speeches in the parliament on another topic. But um, you have you have that he will influence the government on this strongly. It's, it's government legislation, so I think it will get through the lower house. Uh, in relation to the upper house, you've got National Party members who are um, often pro-abortion, but I think they would balk at opposing Zoe's law because it is, it, it is connected to such a human story. And uh, Zoe's mother, Brody, is such a real, live advocate of well, this is what happened to me, and this is why I found the justice system inadequate. So I'm I'm quite confident about this, and I think it's an inch forward uh, in a very uh, long march for all of us pro-lifers.
0: No doubt you'll be monitoring things uh, as they go here. But the uh, to to bring this down to what this means for every single person uh, who's listening to our conversation today, uh, part of the provision here is that it allows for the Charged to name the child, and uh, provides access to compensation for funeral expenses of the child. So this is where it gets uh, deeply controversial for anybody uh, who's not pro-life. Is that uh, this truly does uh, this truly does uh, frame this little life inside the mother as a real person, a real human being with real value?
1: Well, so does Neil, and you know another aspect of the. Sentencing process is that the sentencing court, who is sentencing the offender, will be able to hear from family members uh, who were looking forward to the arrival of this child. So they've opened up who can basically give evidence in the sentencing or make statements in the sentencing procedure. And there's a lot of emotion in that, brothers and sisters, expecting uh, the arrival of the newborn. Uh, so um, look, this is a, a fledgling piece of legislation. Um, we we should have carried our chickens before they hatched, but we should be very prayerful uh, to see this promoted.
0: Yes, well, we'll monitor that along and look forward to an update on it. At the same time, we mentioned uh, the Northern Territory is moving towards an abortion-to-birth bill. Uh, what's happening in the Territory?
1: Northern Territory, you know, they're sort of um, uh, going against, I think, the, probably the wishes of their uh, Indigenous uh, elders, by bringing in basically, you know, late-term abortion. So the situation in the Northern Territory is that uh, abortion is, uh, it's illegal unless, uh, post, I think, 23 weeks, unless the mother's life is at risk. So the the attempt here by the Northern Territory Parliament is to basically enable late-term abortion for any reason. So it's really strange, Neil. It's doing exactly the opposite the Zoe's law. Zoe's law saying um, a baby beyond 20 weeks can be named. Anyone who uh, kills that child in a, a crime uh, like dangerous driving uh, will be will get three years additional jail term potentially. The Northern Territory is taking the absolute opposite and saying, look, um, post 23 weeks anything goes. We will not treat that um, that baby at that point of development any different from um, a baby, you know, pre-23 weeks. Uh, so that's a that's a disturbing trend and often this just gets down to the numbers and the Northern Territory uh, parliamentarians who are um, bringing this in, it's all part of a leftist uh, anti-life agenda uh, and they obviously think they have the numbers and they've brought it on at this time. Uh, but it's uh, definitely something that would be of great concern Uh, to the Indigenous community.
0: Well, there are lots of listeners to our program today in the Northern Territory, and so my encouragement to Northern Territorians, as you're listening into this conversation, it's just two weeks away, and uh, your Northern Territory Parliament will be voting on this bill. Uh, Your thoughts here, Dan, for those who are listening to us in the Northern Territory, and uh, as you uh, draw reference to uh, those Aboriginal elders and the opposition that they must have to this sort of bill. Uh, What's your encouragement to listeners in the Northern Territory to be in touch with their MPs?
1: Absolutely, Neil. Jump online to the Australian Christian Lobby website. There is a campaign there, and I know that, you know, I think we launched this on Friday. I think 250 Territorians have taken action already. Um, We have emailed our supporters in the Territory, but uh, if you haven't got that email, jump online and uh, access that campaign and we've set it up for you so that you can write about your concerns uh, to your uh, members of the Territory Parliament. Uh, Yeah, very important and yeah, let's keep fighting. This is, uh, uh, history is on our side of this one, Neil.
0: Okay, let's draw some attention to Victoria now because there are very significant bills that are going to be debated in Victoria and really starting this week. Uh, Let's start with the one that, uh, well, both of these are so serious, uh, so significant. Uh, Start with the Victorian Equal Opportunity Religious Exceptions Amendment Bill, Dan, and what that might mean for for people in Victoria.
1: This is uh, going a bit under the radar because of all the uh, understandable uprising about the pandemic management bill. But the Equal Opportunity Religious exemptions, Exceptions Bill is designed to basically uh, break down the model of Christian schooling that exists in Victoria. And uh, to basically say to school principles. Uh, look, you cannot hire entirely a Christian community. If an LGBT person wants to apply... Uh, they they should be able to uh, if somebody um, uh, you know who who has an affair or is, is um, sort of uh, demonstrating some sort of um, immoral lifestyle from a Christian perspective in the school uh, they won't be able to be removed from the school so there's a and it's you know there's a lot it's there's not really about religion it's really about uh, breaking down um, uh, any expression of Christian school. It's almost as if they're saying the problem with Christian schooling is that there are too many Christians there and this is a, a clear attempt to dilute it with some force uh, as a result of this. Now this bill is quite likely to get through the Parliament. I understand it will be debated in the lower house this week. It's off to the upper house at the end of November. Um, having said that, there are some 700 church leaders who have signed an open letter, which has uh, been heavily publicised on social media over the weekend, um, and so there's a, there's a good uprising by church leaders um, and Christian school leaders about this. Um, we are concerned that the premier has the numbers, and um, uh, yeah, we, we are considering what um, what the federal parliament may be able to do at some point in time, um, because uh, there is great difficulty stopping it in Victoria.
0: Yes, and it is an extreme bill. And interestingly here, and uh, no doubt there are politics involved as well, and the timing of the debate on these two bills we're talking about in Victoria today, it's almost as though an extreme bill that uh, might be even more extreme than the one that we're talking about now might suck the oxygen out of a bill that they expect to pass without too much opposition, uh, because the other one that's happening, as you mentioned, the Wellbeing Amendment Pandemic Management Bill, it is just uh, unbelievable. Uh, Where are things at with that one?
1: Well, Neil, you know, we've just heard on the Vision News that uh, there have been protests over the weekend. There have been people there all night, last night, outside the Victorian Parliament, who will stay day and night outside of Parliament this week. Now, that is unheard of. Um, I've had a close involvement with Victorian politics for 10 years. That has never happened on any issue. Um, I'm I'm hearing uh, the the possibility that the government will uh, bend to some of this pressure and make some amendments. Uh, So uh, we are hearing uh, whispers of that. And if that happens, that will be good. Uh, It will be um, wonderful uh, to show that Daniel Andrews is actually listening uh, to the uh, people who are very, very concerned about this, um, demonstrating in their thousands. And the many QCs and the Victorian Bar Society have written to the Premier saying that he should, the the power to declare a pandemic should not be vested in one person alone, namely Premier Daniel Andrews, that the law that is trying to achieve that is is clearly wrong and undemocratic. So uh, we, we, we hope for good things here, Neil.
0: Dan, what are the opposition in Victoria doing about this? I mean, it it gets an awful lot of publicity, uh, this particular very extreme bill. But uh, what are the opposition saying? Any thoughts here? Look, the opposition are opposed to this bill. They have indicated that if the bill passes and uh, they are re-elected,
1: Matthew Guy says he will repeal the legislation. So they are being vocal, they are being heard on this, uh, but they simply don't have the numbers. Uh, but they are prepared to stand up and be counted on it, uh, for which I applaud them, and you know, my, my it won't change the outcome, but then standing up is important uh, because otherwise you you have no opposition and may I say Neil, for, for, in relation to the other bill, the religious exceptions bill um, I am really concerned that the Liberals will not stand up against that will not be a visible opposition um, but I know they're in shadow cabinet today, party room tomorrow. Uh, So it is my prayer uh, that they actually do stand up and oppose that bill as well.
0: Dan, it gets complex when there are multiple bills in the one parliament that are extreme, And so for Victorian listeners today, uh, you've got these campaigns going and no doubt people can get some understanding and how they might respond uh, through the acl.org.au website. But what are you calling on Victorians to do uh, so that they can at least have their own voice uh, heard somehow or rather in the corridors of power?
1: There is an open letter which is on the Australian Christian Lobby website, Facebook. Uh, The members of Parliament in Victoria are looking at this letter They are looking at this Facebook site. I've spoken to the Shadow Attorney General and a number of MPs uh, in Victoria about this. So if you go on to that that post and you comment, uh, they're they're looking at the comments because the coalition want to know, well, if we stick our neck out on this, do we have anybody behind us? And so making a public statement on Facebook uh, in relation to the church leader's open letter on the religious exemptions bill is probably the best thing to do. Uh, and um, in relation to the pandemic bill, um, yeah, there's, there's a, a lot that can be done. And um, uh, yeah, you know, you, you, there are many brave souls standing outside of parliament. Um, and uh, I'm sure they would enjoy if you brought them a nice hot coffee.
0: Well, yes, and uh, and there's a bit of homework I think you've set for listeners today, because if you don't do this homework and become involved in the campaign and your voice is not heard and there are no encouragement uh, offered for those who would oppose such extreme bills, uh, then uh, I mean people are talking about democracy being lost in Victoria. I mean, is that an extreme way of talking about that? is that is that an exaggeration, Dan?
1: well it, it it could head that way um, you know is democracy dead uh, I don't know it feels like it's dying there and but you know if people are protesting and if Daniel Andrews changes this bill uh, that's a that's a sign that we're still alive and kicking in Victoria. Okay,
0: Um, let's touch on one more issue and back to New South Wales because they are already debating a euthanasia bill in New South Wales. Uh, Where are things at with that one?
1: Uh, Debate took place on Friday. Debate has opened uh, and uh, this was a bill by uh, the independent member for Sydney, uh, Alex Greenwich, who launched the bill. What was really remarkable, Neil, was the very first government speaker in opposition, the very first MP who rose to his feet to oppose this was the New South Wales Premier, Dominic Perrottet. And I do commend uh, his speech uh, to our listeners. It's on the New South Wales handset. Uh He spoke in such a righteous and godly way about uh, that if we, uh, we must protect and cherish our most fragile members, And the most precious thing we have is called human life. He spoke so well, so strongly, so courageously. Other parliaments, uh, you tend to find the Premier never comes into the chamber in these controversial bills. They don't want to be uh, associated with it at all. And the Dominic Perrottet to lead from the front like that was truly inspiring. And uh, there is a man that uh, uh, our listeners must pray for uh, he is certainly um, demonstrating a lot of godliness in the way he's approaching this issue. The debate has gone off, Neil, and will return uh, in the new year to the New South Wales Parliament.
0: OK, a challenge there for listeners to pray for the New South Wales Premier, Dominic Perrottet, and it could be interesting to see just how significant it is when a Christian leader of a government, if there is the sort of, influence that comes from leadership when you have a Christian at the helm. Uh, Dan Flynn, just always so good insights, uh, wonderful ways of just articulating the things that are going on. Anyone who's been listening for the last 15, 20 minutes will know that this is a pretty serious week ahead and one that really, uh, as a Christian believer, you can pray and take action. Uh, to make sure that your voice is heard because things are changing at a dramatic rate. Let me point people to the Australian Christian Lobby website. That's where you can find some detail about the things that we're talking about today and some ways that you can take action. acl.org.au. That's acl.org.au. Dan Flynn, Deputy Director of the Australian Christian Lobby. Dan, thanks so much for the update today on 2020. Thank you, Neil, and thank you to your listeners.